Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden and you're listening to Queer Stories, the podcast for the monthly LGBTQIA storytelling night I host and program. This week's story was recorded at a special edition of Queer Stories at Volume 2017, another art book fair at Sydney's Art Space. Next up, writer and musician Alison Gallagher. Hello. Um, uh, my name is Alison. Uh, as you might be able to tell from my haircut and dress sense and um, general kind of unease, uh, I'm an L word. Uh, that's right, I'm a Libra. Uh, I've been a Libra like as long as I can remember. I feel like when I was comfortable enough in my identity to come out as a Libra, that's really when I started to kind of feel things making sense. Um, uh, that and also when I realized that I was an enormous lesbian. Those are the two for sure. I'm also a trans woman, um, but uh, what that's looked like has changed pretty significantly um, in the three years or so since uh, I came out. Um, so when I was growing up, uh, that's not for boys is a phrase I heard uh, with quite a lot of regularity. Um, I was a sign male at birth, and so obviously expressing interest and things that were coded as for girls resulted in a lot of shame and a lot of stigma. And um, it was made extremely clear to me that I was a boy from the moment that I was conscious. And um, when I began puberty, I, I felt this really intense discomfort and um, dysphoria about what my body was doing. I, I, up until that point, I'd kind of just assumed that I would be like vaguely boyish for the rest of my life. Um, and so having my body change so drastically uh, was, was completely disorienting. I, um, I was also attending a Catholic all-boys high school at the time um, where that sort of like toxic teenage masculinity is really uh, inescapable. I would pass my sister's school on the way to my school and feel these real pangs of jealousy um, that rather than... Um, you know, kind of growing up and having uh, other girls as friends, I was stuck in this kind of, like, dystopian nightmare where my friends and I mostly bonded over who could punch each other in the arm hardest. <laughs> um, so I left high school, and at the tail end of my tertiary education, I, I was severely depressed. You know, I, I googled transgender woman and um, would spend hours watching uh, these, like, transition videos of... Um, like awkward, uncomfortable boys becoming these really beautiful, powerful women. And so these trans women claiming their, you know, rightful womanhood in a world that had sort of denied them access um, over and over and over was really inspiring to me, inspiring enough um, that I um, 
realized that I wanted to change my name and I wanted to start taking hormones and transition and identify as a woman. And um, the thing is, uh, because the only real visible representations of trans women I'd seen in the media or online were conventionally feminine and um, you know into men, I felt quite a lot of trepidation. I, I didn't want to be male, but I did like a lot of the parts of myself that were masculine, um, and I was also into women. And um, so there was this running joke before I came out as trans um, among friends, uh, which is that I was a lesbian trapped in a man's body. <laughs> um, and so I began seeing a psych who really kind of confirmed um, a lot of my fears, um, asked if I saw myself wearing like a dress and like high heels and asked if I was into men and asked if I, um, you know, uh, like desired breasts, I think is the, is the term. And um, so it was really, it was pretty fucked up. And it wasn't until I began um, seeing a different psych who had sort of a better idea of what fluidity looked like that I felt comfortable enough um, talking to anyone about what gender sort of looked like for me. And so when I first began to take hormones, um, my body began to change in ways that felt really natural and felt really right. Um, all the parts of my shape that had felt sort of constrictive and rigid began to change. Um, and every morning I'd wake up carrying a body that felt a little sort of closer to how I imagined myself when I looked in the mirror. Um, but what didn't feel natural or, or right, um, however, was this really internalized assumption that I had that in order to exist in this kind of a way, I had to align myself with femininity um, in a way that didn't really feel comfortable. Um, I thought that to be a trans woman was to be a trans femme and that there was little or no space in between. So without having access to like an IRL um, community of trans people, I found myself on online message boards that were pretty intensely geared towards people trying to look you know, as feminine as possible. Um, like it was this kind of community where trans women would post these selfies um, saying like, um, I've been taking hormones for six months or whatever. And um, other women, mostly wealthy and white and um, heterosexual would leave like comments with like handy hints for like how to like pass more effectively. Um, and I really couldn't relate at all to that, but I didn't think that I had a choice. Um, those were kind of the options that were presented to me, and that's what I thought I had to uh, sort of uh, be like. So over the first year or two of my transition, people would bend over backwards to tell me how pretty I looked in a floral dress, uh, but would never comment on how good I looked in a button-up shirt and black trousers. I objectively look good in pretty much everything, so I realized that it couldn't have been a purely aesthetic kind of issue, and I, I sort of began to think about how um, how much society's already extremely little acceptance of trans women was kind of dependent on our willingness to enact a very specific kind of femininity and enact these kind of gendered expectations um, in a way that didn't really leave space to... Um, exist outside of those margins. Um, so 2017, over two years since I came out as a trans woman, has really been the first time that the way I carry myself throughout the world has felt in any way reflective of how I kind of conceptualize my gendered expression. 
rather than viewing masculinity as something that I have to avoid at all consequences, I began to understand how empowering it is to take the gendered norms that you've kind of had forced upon you as a young person and reconceptualize and reclaim and subvert them in ways that are active and autonomous choices um, in so much as they ever can be for those of us who are fans of Judith Butler. Um, this story isn't really about uh, like regret or detransitioning or anything else that someone like Lyle Shelton would like cling to in order to like scaremonger about like the dangerous risks of like radical gender theory. Um, I still identify as as a woman, and I still take hormones, and I still cringe when I hear my old name or see it in a piece of mail or or something. That isn't really the story. Um, the story is more about how swapping one binary for another can still result in feeling totally boxed in. Um, a coworker once who who kind of really went out of their way to you know preface that they like totally respect my decisions and think I'm very brave for what I do, um, asked what the point of transitioning was if, uh, if I was actively trying to make myself look um, you know, masculine. Uh, that, totally, that totally misses the point. Um, and my relationship with masculinity has effectively changed from one that was imposed on me um, to one that I have some level of, of agency uh, over. It's mine and I own it and I own it whenever I make choices before I step out of the door. I choose to wear men's business shirts that make me look like I'm on my way to like a meeting about synergy. Uh, <laughs> I, I choose to let a little stubble grow on my face from time to time, and I choose to enact gender in a way that feels right and feels like mine, and hell, you know, I choose to wear a little makeup and wear something kind of slutty every now and then. Um, I spent 21 odd years being told by the world in, in no uncertain terms the ways that I could and could not present myself as I navigated my way through it. Um, it, in that sense, makes very little kind of sense to me then that now that uh, my body reflects the way I conceptualize my gender, that I would continue to let other people or internalized ideas about what it is to be a trans woman dictate how I dress or act or look. That's all. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. For tickets to the next Queer Stories, visit giantdwarf.com.au. To check out other events I produce and perform in, visit mavemarsden.com. And if you'd like advance or discount tickets to these shows, look me up on crowdfunding platform Patreon. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. <laughs> <laughs> you will be right Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> this was, like, wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. Like, you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm. 
ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.